This morning I'd like to talk about growing, cultivating wisdom. As, uh, as I said last night, it is really wisdom that frees us, wisdom that cuts through the defilements, wisdom that allows the abandoning of greed, aversion, and delusion. And not just any wisdom. Wisdom is a kind of a big word. The wisdom that the Buddha pointed to and at one point, he, he was talking to his monks. He said, "He said, um, which is greater, the number of leaves I have in my hand, or the number of leaves in the forest?" He picked up a handful of leaves from the forest floor. He said, "Which is greater, the number of leaves I have in my hand, or the number of leaves in the forest?" And um, the monk said, well, of course, the number of leaves in the forest is greater. And he said, in the same way, what I know, what I understand is vast. Yet what I teach is like what I hold, the, the number of leaves I hold in my hand. His teaching, his the wisdom that he conveyed in terms of what frees us is the wisdom around suffering, its origination, the possibility that it that, that it is possible to be free of it, and the path, the cultivation of that path leading to that freedom. He said, why don't I teach you everything that I know? He said, because it's not necessary for your freedom. And so he was really focused on what is it that will free us? What is the, the wisdom that will free us? So this pointing to dukkha, its origination, and as said in the First Noble Truth, understanding dukkha, I talked about this a lot last night, Understanding dukkha is how wisdom grows. And Joseph has kind of one of the famous Joseph Goldstein quotes. We want to have insight into dukkha without experiencing dukkha. But it doesn't work that way. And so it is through the very meeting of dukkha that wisdom grows. The growth of wisdom is what allows the insight and the freedom. We don't do it <laughs> ourselves. We, the, we use our personal effort to cultivate the conditions for wisdom to grow.
the Buddha talked about, I'll read you a couple of things from the suttas. The Buddha talked about how do we, uh, in this sutta he talks about, well, the, the sutta is titled Right View, so it is about wisdom. The whole sutta is about wisdom. Oops, sorry, that's not the one I wanted to look at first. I want to talk about the destruction of the taints. <laughs> so this is, um, the, the destruction of the taints is essentially synonymous with freedom, synonymous with um, the, the cessation of greed, the cessation of aversion, the cessation of delusion. And he explores, you know, what is it that helps us let go of the taints. And he points to unwise attention, which cultivates the confusion, the ignorance that leads us into suffering. And he talks about wise attention, which directs us away from suffering. And so I like to read you some of these words. How does one attend unwisely? This is how one attends unwisely. Basically, one thinks, was I in the past? Was I not in the past? What was I in the past? How was I in the past? Having been what? What did I become in the past? Shall I be in the future? Shall I not be in the future? What shall I be in the future? How shall I be in the future? Having been what? What shall I become in the future? Or else one is inwardly perplexed about the present. Thus, am I? Am I not? What am I? How am I? Where is this being come from? Where will it go? So the Buddha is basically here pointing to unwise attention being attention through the perspective of I, me, mine. And this is largely how we live our lives. He contrasts that with wise attention. One attends wisely. This is suffering. One attends wisely. This is the origin of suffering. One attends wisely. This is the cessation of suffering. One attends wisely. This is the way leading to the cessation of suffering. So wise attention. When I first read that, I was kind of, um, I didn't quite understand what was being pointed to. I thought, oh, it's just like thinking about the Four Noble Truths. But I think what is being pointed to there is that the the first, the unwise attention, you know, typically the, the filter, the view that we bring to our life, how we see the world, is through the perspective of I, of me, of mine. And this is this is where we check, you know, we check our attitude when when there's greed, aversion, delusion, confusion in the mind there's usually a perspective of self going so this is this is the unwise attitude and when we shift the perspective 
We can shift the perspective. At first we may have to do this consciously, but the what I think is being pointed to some in this second, the wise attention, is to see if we can view our experience through this framework of the Four Noble Truths. At any moment in your experience, we can look at what's happening as being one of these four categories. So everything in our experience can be viewed from this perspective. It's either suffering, it's already suffering. It's the origin of suffering, the arising of suffering. It's just the beginning. Or it's the ending of suffering. Suffering is not present. There's freedom in the mind. Or we're actively cultivating the conditions that lead to the end of suffering. We're cultivating wisdom, compassion. Largely in our confused lives, what's going on when we're seeing from the perspective of am I, am I not? What am I? How am I? Was I in the past? Was I not in the past? When we're caught in those stories, we are experiencing suffering but not really knowing it. We, the the origin of suffering is right there in the arising of those thoughts. And so the, the shift of perspective to view our experience from the perspective of the Four Noble Truths brings a skillful framework from which we can see our experience. Another uh, place in the suttas, the Buddha talks about the three. There are three kinds of wisdom, and this really speaks to how wisdom grows, how wisdom is cultivated for us. Three kinds of wisdom in Pali are Sutta Mayapanya, the wisdom of hearing, of listening. This is this is the wisdom that we take in through reading, through listening to talks. And the wisdom that's useful for us is not the wisdom of how to drive a car or how to use a computer. It's the wisdom of what will help to free us from suffering. So the Dharma talks, the reading of the suttas, this is all Sutta Mayapanya. Cultivating, putting into our minds, allowing the Dharma wisdom to kind of begin to percolate through our being, through just like putting yourself in the bath of the Dharma, hearing it. It begins to seep in through our pores that way. This is, this is where it begins. This is where our path begins. Wise understanding is the first factor of the Eightfold Path. And I think the path begins with wisdom because we have to start by understanding this perspective. This perspective of what is suffering? How is it caused? How can it end? And what is the path leading to the end? So hearing the teachings, 
first kind of wisdom. If we didn't hear the teachings, the likelihood that we would ever come upon this path on our own is vanishingly small. Really, really small. So we are all incredibly fortunate that we heard the teachings in the first place. That's how it begins. That's Sutta Chintamayapanya, the second kind of level of wisdom, is the wisdom that is cultivated through having heard the teachings, we begin to think about them. So this is the use of our own mind, the use of reflection, exploring the teachings from, from the uh, reflective perspective, the the somehow some even the intellectual perspective, massaging them with our minds. When I talked last night about bringing in wisdom, you know, borrowing wisdom, dropping wisdom phrases into your mind in the meditation, this is a form of chintamayapanya. You've already heard the wisdom and you're calling it to mind consciously. This has an impact on us. Sometimes it's very subtle and not so obvious to the actual experience, but it does have an impact on us. And through that, the mind begins to orient and see experience from the perspective of this Dharma wisdom. We drop in the, the reflection. An object is just an object. Or this is dukkha. And the mind begins to approach experience from that perspective. This leads us towards the third kind of wisdom. So the second kind of wisdom is it's kind of like in, it's filtered down somewhat. It's kind of percolated some layers down. The third kind of wisdom, bhavana mayapanya, is, bhavana actually means development or growth. Usually this kind of wisdom is termed to be the kind of wisdom that um, has grown. It is, it is the wisdom of actual understanding from our own experience. Having heard the teachings, having reflected on them, because they've been heard and reflected on, the mind begins to see experience from a new perspective some of those old filters, uh, for instance, the filter, the, the very uh, pervasive filter in our lives, having what I want will make me happy, for instance, as one pervasive filter. When we begin to look through this perspective of what is dukkha, we start to see that the actual wanting to get what I want, oh, there's, a lo- there's, there's suffering there. We see for ourselves that that perspective of getting what I want will make me happy already has suffering contained in it. We see for ourselves 
this is that third kind of wisdom, the seeing, the, the, um, understanding the wisdom that we've heard and reflected on as truth in the present moment. And this is really where I think this um, wise attention is pointing us. Initially, this is dukkha. This is the cause of dukkha. This is the ending of dukkha. This is the path leading to the end of dukkha. might be in that terrain of chintamayapanya, of the wisdom of reflection. We might bring those thoughts in to experience. Help us to, as I said last night, bringing those wisdom reflections in can open us a little bit to be able to meet the experience. What happens as that growth of wisdom matures is that rather than having to bring it in as a thought, there's a direct understanding as we are experiencing our the mental and physical phenomenon arising in our hearts and minds, or as we're experiencing it, we understand in the moment, this is suffering. We understand in the moment, this is the origin of suffering. The understanding in the moment allows the release. We see in the moment, this is the ending of suffering. And we understand how that came to be through the cultivation of these beautiful qualities of heart and mind. In the moment, we understand this. It is not an abstraction. It's not a thought. It is direct experience. So this is the maturing of wisdom, the direct seeing. And then I'll come to this last piece on wise view, more words from the Buddha. Give you a dose of the Buddha this morning. Uh, Here he's talking about what is wise view, and he actually approaches it from a number of perspectives. The very first perspective he looks at is when one understands the wholesome and the root of the unwholesome. When one understands the wholesome and the root of the wholesome, in that way one is of right view. Now again, this understanding can proceed through these three levels. First we have to hear about it, understand, you know, what is the unwholesome? And he gives a list of unwholesome actions, and, you know, these include the breaking of the precepts and you know, a whole list of things. I won't read that part. And what is the root of the unwholesome? This is no surprise. Greed, aversion, and delusion are the roots of the unwholesome. And then the wholesome. The wholesome actions, uh, refraining from breaking the precepts, refraining from those unwholesome actions. And what is the root of the wholesome? non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. The absence of greed, the absence of aversion, the absence of delusion is the root of the wholesome. This is really what we're studying here. We are looking at 
the wholesome and the unwholesome. We're exploring this in our hearts and minds. What is the wholesome? We understand we are abstaining from the actions, the unwholesome actions, and studying the roots of the unwholesome. We can't just flip a switch and say, you know, it's, it's like with the precepts, we can, we can actively refrain from acting out. That There is usually the level of awareness to be able to not act un- in unwholesome ways. There can be that. That is one of the first ways of cultivating the wholesome, to refrain from acting on the unwholesome. The roots of the unwholesome are another matter. We cannot just choose in our mind to have a resolve. I will not have greed arise in the mind. I will not have aversion arise in the mind. We can't do that. It's deeply conditioned. But what we can do is understand greed when it arises in the mind. We can understand aversion when it arises in the mind. We can understand delusion when it arises in the mind. This is our work here. And we also understand the roots of the wholesome, the non-greed, the non-aversion, the non-delusion, put more positively, the uh, wisdom, the compassion, the um, kindness, the generosity, non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. We understand when those arise. And then the Buddha goes on here. When one has understood the unwholesome and the root of the unwholesome, so when that understanding has been developed, not only through the hearing of, the reflection of, but the actual understanding of, when one has understood, when one has understood the wholesome and the root of the unwholesome, here he says, here's the result. One abandons the underlying tendency to lust, abandons the underlying tendency to aversion, and the underlying tendency to the view and conceit I am, which is essentially delusion. The understanding leads to the abandonment. That's what we're doing here. We're understanding the wholesome. We're understanding the unwholesome. Wisdom grows and wisdom abandons. Wisdom abandons greed. Wisdom abandons aversion. Wisdom abandons delusion. 